This is not the BBC. Oh no, it's the Takeout Podcast. Al Morton here, and I'm back after a short break from the world of podcasting. Did you miss me? Okay, maybe not, but I've recorded one anyway. Coming up in this episode, we ask, should women's football replace cricket as the English national sport? And is it really okay for the head of the Spanish FA to kiss female footballers? Next, he'll be wanting to take showers with them. And Donald, Dark Lord of the Sith, goes head to head with an army of woke stormtrooper lawyers. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? Oh, Lordy, here we go again. There's going to be adventures in home automation. And we try to find out if there really are piranhas in the seas around Benidorm. Plus, why not stick around until the end and take our 15-point test? Find out if you really are woke. You'll need to keep a pen and paper handy. You could be like me, but maybe your friends are just too polite to say so. Before we get started, I should explain that The Takeout is a podcast version of my blog, almorton.com. The content is satirical and intended for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. I play some Spanish guitar... Make mean comments on X, formerly known as Twitter, and generally annoy people who call the EU undemocratic, whilst having a prime minister that was never elected, ruled by a monarchy that was never elected, and whose laws are made in the unelected House of Lords, by amongst others, the son of a KGB agent and Baroness Barbie of PPE, currently linked to a firm being sued by the British government for 122 million. Now that's what I call democracy. (laughs) No, seriously, you couldn't make this stuff up. Still, we do have nice clean rivers and beaches, so at least we've got that. At this point, I feel I should congratulate British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on the massive success of Small Boats Week. Great job, not I'm referring, of course, to the UK government's latest performative photo-op disaster, Prison Hulks for Asylum Seekers, featuring Bibby Stockholm, a.k.a. the Petri Dish of the Waves. I can almost hear the discussions taking place in the Home Office right now. I have a dream, and it's called Boat Week. I don't care if the barge is 50 years old, packed to the gunners with asbestos-flavoured legionella and is described by the head of the fire service union as a death trap. I want brown people marching up that gangplank pronto. Be a pet, dear, and get GB News on the phone. (laughs) Seriously, though, you know that no lessons have been learned from the VIP Lane COVID scandal when in June, the newspaper The Independent revealed that Australian company Corporate Travel Management would be paid $1.6 over two years, without competition. Let me guess, was the first billion for the barges and the point six so that it could be fitted out with deadly diseases? This morning, Sky News had British Health Secretary Steve Barclay saying that asylum seekers should be put back on board immediately 
Ahar, if you were down to I, I'd give them all a damn good flogging first. Hardly surprising from a government that had Disney images painted over in an asylum reception centre because they were, wait for it, too welcoming to children. Here's a fun fact. It cost £1,550 to have the cartoon murals painted over. For the party of business, these guys are not great with money, are they? And then there's the problem of what to do with a Bibby Stockholm now that it has been declared a fire death trap. I would like to propose a uniquely Spanish solution. Perhaps it could become the centrepiece of a giant pyrotechnic display at the closing ceremony of the Henley Regatta. Next up, Law and Order Week. What could possibly go wrong? Before my British listeners spit out their tea, I should say there is a more serious note to this. According to Home Office figures, irregular migration to the UK has increased by over 100%, making it the number one destination for people who love rain. Meanwhile, in Spain, immigration has fallen, and the reason is that before collective bingo Brexit madness took hold, there was a treaty called the Dublin Accord. Under this arrangement, it was possible to send migrants back that had arrived from a safe country. This, however, was binned like a soggy crumpet by Brexit lead negotiator and Tory toady, Lord Frost. Hence, we're left with ministers casting around for ever more crazy solutions, such as deportation flights. Because nothing says welcome to your new home like a free flight to Kigali or all-male prison barges. But wait, there's more. We could ditch the European Convention on Human Rights um, by cozying up to countries like uh, Saudi Arabia and Belarus. Clearly, throwing a ton of money at the French hasn't helped to take back control of British borders either. It's going to take critical thinking and effective governance to turn back a tide of migration. So, uh, not looking good in the short term. Speaking personally, I'm rather looking forward to the Stop the Tories from Robbing the Taxpayers Blind campaign. They could start by asking Nadine Doris for a refund. She collected an 86500 per annum salary plus a further 80k for her two daughters despite not having spoken in the House of Commons for over a year. This earned her the nickname Dossa Doris by her mid-Bedfordshire constituents. Her absenteeism was investigated by the Committee for Privileges and Standards. The chairman reported that she'd done nothing wrong. Well, obviously, how can you do anything wrong when you've done bugger all? No wonder so many migrants want to risk their lives crossing the channel to come to the UK. They must all want to become MPs. Anyway, she's gone now. But in her pot-calling-the-kettle-black resignation speech, she did say to Prime Minister Rishi that history would not judge him well. Oh, I don't know. At least he did stop her from entering the Lords. I suppose their quota for hard-working Johnson idolising philanthropists must have already been full. This is Gillian Keegan, Secretary of State for Education. Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a f- good job because everyone else has sat on their and done nothing. No, no, no signs of that. No. <laughs> Where do they get these people? 
I mean, next up, they'll be asking Larry the Downing Street cat to become Secretary of State for Defence. At least he has some qualifications. In my last podcast, The Rise of the Machines, I took a light-hearted look at how AI, or artificial intelligence, is threatening the livelihoods of millions. It's fair to say that technology is advancing, but I always believed that the creative arts would be spared. Mind you, I was never that keen on the style of modern art, as espoused by the likes of Jackson Pollock. It's basically a bunch of seemingly random paint splashes on canvas. It struck me that AI would be able to do that equally well. But then again, so could a chimpanzee, or Mr Potato Face. You know the one. If they don't want to die of Legionella or our spacious comfy barges, they can f*** off back to France. I suppose given enough time and sufficient training, even the Conservative Party Deputy Chairman ought to be able to learn to paint a bit. Perhaps he could start with Mickey Mouse murals only waving pitchforks and torches. What? Still too welcoming? Anyway, I digress. AI is now cranking out artwork, music books, sex workers, you name it. And whilst the majority is not that great, with some notable exceptions, it is only a matter of time before much of what creative artists do will be replaced. This is already happening to many self-published authors. Only this week I heard from a writer friend who was struggling to break even on his sales, as the market is flooded with books written by robots. Although to be fair, competing with titles such as Robot Gangbang... Fifty Shades of Metallica and that Christmas epic Terminator Bad Santa. Shouldn't be too hard, should it? (laughs) Just lately, I've started to worry if our love of technology hasn't already taken things too far. I was in an appliance store earlier today and I noticed that the electric toothbrushes now all come with Bluetooth as standard. What the hell would you need Bluetooth for when you're cleaning your teeth? Well, unless you actually wanted blue teeth. But not all technology is bad. Let me explain. A friend recently brought me some Smart Life electrical sockets and a couple of digital room thermometers to control them. I know I'm on record as saying that nothing clever has the word smart in the title. Anyway, it turns out that these things are absolutely amazing. The thermometers are tiny and can be used to automatically switch on air conditioning or fans or when the temperature reaches a certain threshold or send notifications to your phone. I mean, who doesn't love notifications? I guess if you live in the UK, it could be used to switch the heating on or launch the search for the Loch Ness Monster or a Brexit benefit. So I set all this up and I'm quite happy with the results really although I'm struggling to connect it to the air conditioning, when I suddenly become aware of my wife standing behind me with her arms crossed, it's her way of signalling disapproval. For instance, I now have to make certain that I'm alone in the bathroom when I weigh myself. The other day, I stepped on the scales and then quickly hopped off. Suddenly I heard this voice behind me. Well? Well what? Well, how much weight have you put on? Um, oh, hardly anything, darling. It's because it's so hot. You know, the body retains water, doesn't it? 
Only this time, it was something else. Because she's tapping me on the shoulder. What's that? Oh, oh no, I'm thinking. Not another bloody cockroach. There have been tons of them this year. Only these suckers look like they're all on steroids. No, not the cockroach idiot. I mean that. She is pointing at one of the tiny white smart thermometers I have proudly stuck on the door frame. It's a thermostat. Really? Well, what kind of thermostat doesn't have a temperature display? It does, but you have to download the app. So it's bloody useless then. Uh, yes, but no, no. I mean, I, I can install the app on your phone. And then you'll be able to see for yourself um, um, what the temperature is. Oh, and the humidity. Be still, my beating heart. I can already do that without having to look at a damn phone. Ah, but this one puts data into neat-looking graphs. See? And just why the hell would anyone want to do that? I try to explain that they can save us money by switching stuff off when you don't need it. But I quickly realise I'm talking to myself. She has stormed off muttering something about a waste of money and toys for boys. Oh well. I suppose she's got a point. Because since installing them, I've had a compulsion to keep checking the weather. Home automation is the perfect gift for anyone suffering from OCD who you want to send crazy. It's also a kind of Wi-Fi based man cult. Once it's got you, you can never leave. Anyway, the upshot of all this is I've had to hide the thermometers because when she sees them, they make her angry. Maybe it's my digital version of that thing alcoholics do when they stash bottles of booze around the house so they don't get caught drinking in secret. temperature. Warm air spreading up across much of the UK during Friday into Saturday, more especially Sunday. Cold air plunging south across the far north of Scotland, in between a weather front. And that temperature contrast will help to activate this weather front and bring an intensification to the rain. You are listening to the Almorton Takeout. Episode 21. Spain warning and the piranhas of Benidorm. You can find out more about this podcast by visiting the website almorton.com forward slash takeout. Oh, our, that limey education minister sounds proper feisty. Any self-respecting buccaneer would think twice about pirating a ship with her face on the prow. One of the things I love about living in Spain is seeing how our local news is reported in the UK media. These articles always start with something along the lines of Spain beach warning. What the actual f***? That's not even good grammar. They are usually about it being too hot or disastrous flooding and the intention seems to be to make you feel good about staying home. However, this news item was one that caught my eye. Brits warned as piranha-biting fish attack swimmers at holiday hotspot. As always, the headline is accompanied by an image titled Some vicious piranha-style fish near Benidorm yesterday. <laughs> Actually, having recently visited Benidorm, it's not the fish that you need to be scared of. 
The article starts off with good intention, but rapidly deteriorates. I'll just give you a flavour. Experts have claimed, it doesn't explain exactly who these experts might be, that climate change may have altered the behaviour of the fish in the water, as opposed to the fish in batter floating around the Benidorm fish and chip shops. UK holidaymakers have been issued with a warning after fish have started attacking people in the sea near to popular resorts in Spain. More than 15 people are being attacked daily after swimming in beaches in Alicante, with tourists needing first aid treatment after being bitten by the old bladders. These piranha-style fish are left swimmers covered in painful teeth marks, some on their asses. Benidorm's famous Poniente Beach has become a hotspot for the fish attacks. The old bladas, also known as the saddle bream, are typically a peaceful fish. Yeah, we're just peace-loving fish swimming about, looking for a tasty bit of gammon to sink our fangs into. <laughs> However, scientists have warned that climate change could be the cause behind this new aggressive behaviour from the fish, reports The Mirror. Or maybe they've just developed a taste for beer-soaked fat seasoned with tattoo ink and amber solaire. The fish, which can grow up to 30 centimetres long, are omnivores and tend to eat small invertebrates like prawns and now apparently tourist butt cheeks. <laughs> Scientists have said that one possible cause could be down to the unusually high water temperatures which have increased the metabolism of the fish meaning they are seeking more food. I don't know why they don't just all visit Cornwall. Reports have suggested that the fish will look for moles, warts or small wounds on the skin, which are seen on older people. It's the old people making the fish hungry. They shouldn't be allowed in the water. Swimmers are being advised to avoid the sea if they have ornaments or jewellery or anything that's shiny, as this could lead to attacks from the species of fish such as the golfer fish, the pomfrets or blue fish. I, I didn't know that fish played golf, but there you go. You learn something every day. A spokesman for the Department of Marine Species said, This is a fish used to being fed. There may be high population density and they do not run away from the people. Hence, they peck at the wounds and the smelly meat. <laughs> I don't know whether it's lost something in its translation. <laughs> smelly meat. Doesn't sound very nice, does it? Around this time, I usually like to explore what has been happening on social media, and in particular, Twitter, or X, as its owner has pointlessly renamed it. Many of my Twitter buddies have jumped ship, so here is a shorter than usual roundup. Think of it as a kind of post-mortem if you like. So first up, Daria is not happy. It's Twitter, and I'm calling it Twitter, and I'm calling these tweets, tweets. Just because some degenerate <laughs> he wants to rename it a letter, he can <laughs> right off. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way with. Another thing that ex-users are getting exercised about is EU flags, and the waving of them during the last night of the proms. Harvey Proctor, who from his Twitter profile Looks like the mad professor from Back to the Future posts. BBC must investigate how so many EU flags were waved and on display at the last night of the proms. D 
disgraceful and misguided BBC messing up a British tradition, a political gesture which would make Sir Henry Wood turn in his grave, utterly, utterly vulgar and wrong. It's rule Britannia, not rule EU. Yes, how dare those lefty EU-loving flag wavers mess up a sacred British tradition. The sooner we can ditch the Human Rights Treaty, the sooner we can bring back the workhouse for the poor and slavery to make Britain great again. Well, Mr Proctor, I can see from your Wikipedia page what traditions you're a fan of. I think it might be woke flower arranging. Hi, I'm Baroness Barbie, and here's my account of my first day in the Lords. It's just like Hogwarts, but for people who look like Keith Richards or something called Rod Stewart. So we all march in, and I can see they're all looking at me because I'm like blonde, beautiful, and a quarter of their age. And apparently gifted. The whole place smells of old spice and school dinners. And there's this dork that sits on a really old-fashioned looking throne that seems to be bossing everyone around. This place could use a serious makeover. I think pastels. And we should bin all that stuffy old oak panelling. That's so yesterday. I wonder if Lulu Little would be up for it. I don't think she's been too busy after she tarted up Boris and Carrie's gaff. It's amazing what ideas you can come up with after a couple of Jaeger bombs. Although I hear that some of the inspiration came from a Russian salad. Anyway, what do I know? So I've got my fur-trimmed red robe on, but it's not exactly cutting it. So I have some pink tights, hot pants and a slinky top underneath. They wouldn't let me wear the tiara, which I think is pretty f- mean because the Princess of Wales wears that kind of shit all the time. Anyway, we're all going to watch the movie about Measy and there won't be time to change. After sitting around for what feels like forever, I have to get up and do some stuff and swear on a dusty old book and promise to be nice to King Charlie or KC3 as we call him. Then we have to listen to a bunch of old geriatrics blathering on about nothing. Oh, please give me strength. I would rather have Netflix and chill every time. Then preferably a nice big fat Domino's pizza washed down with lashings of Prosecco. Talking of fat, there seems to be plenty of it about here. Maybe they should replace one of the bars with a gym. Or better yet, a yoga room. Oh, cool. Still, it's easy money. And I don't actually have to do anything. Except turn up and then he pay me anyway. It's the kind of gig that Nadine Doris would have loved to have had. Shame. Still, we can't all be bored with class. At the beginning, I mentioned that Donald Trump was at war with an army of woke stormtroopers. A reference which originated from Alistair Heath, who has been described as the hard-boiled painted egg of right-wing journalism. He posted an item in the Daily Telegraph railing against overpopulated universities churning out a river of left-wing liberal elite 
a friend was kind enough to share his subscription to this esteemed publication in the hope that I too may be cured of lefty wokeism. And do you know what? I do believe it's actually working. I've hardly eaten any tofu this week. The Telegraph subscription has been an education, and I don't mean in the Gillian Keegan sitting around on our asses sort of way. One unexpected aspect of this somewhat Dickensian periodical is that it has its own dating section for like-minded individuals, just when you thought the right-wing gene pool couldn't get any smaller. (laughs) Without being prompted, it did find me what it thought would be a suitable match. An image flashed onto the screen of a creature that looked like a cross between Hagrid and Widdicombe and the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, so that's where they've been hiding it all this time. Anyway, to return to the Donald Trump comments, it is pretty clear that he is in no doubt as to the true meaning of the word woke, but then I received an email from a friend who also used it in a different context. When people in the US and the UK are asked to define woke, many have no idea. So in a takeout podcast first, I've designed a 15-point questionnaire challenge to help you find out whether you are woke. You see, if you're a Guardian reader, there is clearly no doubt about it. You are definitely woke. Whereas if you get your news from media such as GB News, who for some reason appear to have blocked me on Twitter, you're quite safe and in no way infected with the woke mind virus. Don't worry about the frothing of the mouth. Apparently it's normal. So I want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper then answer each of these questions as honestly as you can. No cheating, mind. If you answer yes, then that is two points on the barometer of wokeness. If you answer maybe, or sometimes when no one is looking and I have the bathroom door locked, well, that's just one point. And finally, if you answer hell no, then that is zero for wokeness. Don't worry if you miss anything. You can always take the test again online at my website, almorton.com. Okay, so here we go. Knee pads at the ready. I mean, fingers on buzzers, please. And let's get ready to play. How woke am I? Question one. Do you own an air fryer or harbour ambitions to do so? Question two. Have you ever bought or been tempted to buy a Greg's vegan sausage roll? Question 3. Do you own a matching smeg kettle, toaster or blender? If you have all three, that should technically be three points and there is no point in answering the rest of the questionnaire as there can be no doubt about it. You are suffering from terminal wokeness. Question 4. Do you take Earl Grey tea with milk, eat Greek yoghurt or troll around the vegetable section of the supermarket squeezing avocados? Question 5. Do you listen to folk music or have a Zamfir Panpipes album in your music collection? Go on, I bet you do. Have you ever criticised Morris dancers in public? Sorry, that was question six. Question seven. Do you own or have desires to own an electric vehicle which is not a Tesla? Question eight. Do you believe that Joe Biden is the current and legitimate president of the USA? Careful now. Question 9. Would you take a pillow if you went to a music festival such as Glastonbury or Burning Man? 
I've got a friend who said that he never heard of either of them. <laughs> Question 10. Do you know what kettle chips are and have you ever purchased them? <laughs> Question 11. Do you own a dog that looks the same at both ends, such as a pug or a Pomeranian? Question 12. Do you prefer small boats to cruise ships? Question 13. Have you ever been wild swimming? I, I don't recommend doing that in the UK, by the way. Question 14. Do you own an electric scooter? Question 15. Do you buy vegetarian pet food or own a dog pram? Now then, it's time to check your score. If you have below five, you are probably not woke, but you should still continue to watch Fox News and buy the Daily Mail. If you scored between five and ten, I'm sorry to say that you are borderline woke. It could be that you don't realise it yet, but you may also start to experience rejection from people on the Telegraph dating site. If you scored above ten, you're woke as You may experience cravings for tofu and go around mumbling something about what a good job Jeremy Corbyn did. Sadly, you may be beyond help, and both the Republican Party and the Conservatives strongly recommend that you avoid polling stations during elections or thinking too hard about anything. Before I go, I thought I would share a review I did for Amazon España, which to my everlasting disappointment was rejected. Kahaya Guitar Stand Review Five stars for the Kahaya Wooden Guitar Stand New Version For electric or acoustic models The CY0180 I wanted to give it six stars Because it has literally transformed my guitar playing And given me new confidence Thanks to these two amazing pieces of composite wood I have found that girls now find to be irresistible. Last night, I had this dream, had this dream that I was playing a gig when the beautiful Spanish concert guitarist Andrea Gonzalez Caballero came up to me. Señor Almorton, lo quiero. She said that my playing gave her a bit of a headache, but she stayed until the end because she was captivated by the innate beauty of my Kahaya Model CY0180 guitar stand. She had flown back early from her sellout tour of Australia because she was thinking of buying one herself and wanted to see the CY0180 in action. Well, it was only a dream. With its sleek, laminated wood grain effect exterior and rubber trim bindings, it is an essential piece of kit for any serious guitarist. I bet it could even make Ed Sheeran sound like he's almost as good as Eric Clapton. My main regret is that I only bought one. Now I only have two problems. Firstly, my wife still refuses to let me keep it in the bedroom. I think she may be a teeny bit jealous. And secondly, my pet Thomas keeps using it as his personal latrine and now the stand smells of cat he is more of a fender cat, really. But if he keeps doing this, I will be acquiring a new set of guitar strings after his trip to the taxidermist. Mm-hmm. 
So that's it for now. As always, I just want to thank everyone who helped keep the takeout going, especially my editor, Heather Margaret, my great friends Mike Britton and Bill Dunham. Also, I would just like to offer my most sincere apology for calling the owner of X, formerly known as Twitter, Space... Stand by for the new mega disclaimer. I just want to remind listeners that The Takeout is a podcast version of my blog, almorton.com, and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The content presented here is satirical and fictional in nature. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the creators or hosting platform. was written, produced, and performed by Al Morton. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Senor Al Morton, it is Andrea. Why are you no return my calls? I have got to have eat. If I can't have a higher guitar study by life, I have nothing. Also, have you not thought about a tuning like guitar up, like before you play in public? It might help. What? Turns to shit, okay? It's true.